Hello and welcome to another episode of the Straight to VHS podcast, The Chris and Carson Show. I'm Carson. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. You think maybe... Oh, hey. I was going to say, maybe next time, Kyle, you could go second if you want, just to mix it up. Oh, you mean it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you got to remember, because I won't remember, but... Okay. Can we practice right now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, run it back. Okay. Okay. Hello and welcome to another episode of Straight to VHS, the Chris and Carson show. I'm Carson. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. Hey, what up? (laughs) That worked pretty well. Yeah, I, I really happy you said Chris. I, I thought you were gonna say Kyle, but I'm glad you picked up on what I was hoping yeah. you would do there. That was perfect. Yeah. I got you. We're on the same wavelength. I just feel like we're really clicking as a team now, guys. I don't know if you're aware of this, but this is episode nine, I believe, of the podcast. That'll wow. be funny if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's episode nine. Uh and uh you know i didn't nail the intro there i think i had a couple extra words in and then we just got to go and run it right back i mean look at us Mm -hmm. we're team wow are we a wicked team that that, that, the core (laughs) okay we'll get there we'll get there that'll make sense in a second but uh (laughs) uh first chris i think you wanted to ask something Okay. Well, uh, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, we, okay. I think that's a cut. Just we're we're early right. enough. Yeah, I'll cut, I'll cut this out. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Just after I complimented it. Yeah. Like, what a good team we were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is pretty apropos. Uh, All right. Well, this has been another episode of the Chris and Carson Show. All right. Now it's just Carson and Kyle. <laughs> Bye. Well, boys, we've got no time to waste here. Let's just get right to it. Chris, start us in on the main event. What are we talking All about right. this week? Well, I picked uh, a trilogy of Disney Channel originals uh, that we all watch thanks to our friends over at Disney Plus, uh, sponsors for this episode. <laughs> um, we watched uh, Descendants 1, 2, and 3, directed mm-hmm. by Kenny Ortega. Ortega? Ortega? Uh, Ortega, uh, I believe. Thank you, Kyle. Mm-hmm. And they Released in 2015, 17, and 19, respectively. Um, so here's the thing. I brought us all into the magical world of Aradon, uh, where the children of four infamous Disney villains are freed from, I guess he's called like an Alcatraz-esque <laughs> think about the that. Um, and they get sent to boarding school along, uh, you know, to join their protagonist counterparts who all go to this school, the kids, mm-hmm. Disney heroes. Um and so across all three films, which we're going to discuss kind of individually, but we get singing, dancing, romance, incredible action, impeccable CGI, and of course, a whole lot of Disney magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess right off the bat, uh, just what were some general reactions mm-hmm. to this uh, trilogy of films? I, I'm hoping this discussion won't be too boring, because I'm sure we all agree these are like the best films ever made. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh yes no yeah. oh, not quite okay all right podcast <laughs> over we agree best <laughs> film ever thanks for listening everyone <laughs> catch you next time i think as a trilogy it it went in the right direction i'd say they got better as as they went on 
so I think it's got that going for it. Uh, for me, the highlights were a couple, the two things that were highlights that uh, I'll talk about in each movie as we break them down. But the music and the choreography, I guess I kind of combine those two because yeah, Kenny yeah, Ortega yeah. is, uh, you know, just absolutely a king when it comes to that stuff. And uh, the, the costumes, the outfits, I think were mm. actually quite, quite cool. Other yeah. than that, uh, we'll break those down. I throw, I throw the sets in with the costumes. <clears throat> I think the sets are pretty nice for, you know, obviously the budgets are lower for these types of movies and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, Carson, 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 <laughs> <laughs> look. So I gotta say, I don't know where we went wrong here in the <laughs> chat picking movies. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed my time in Oradon. Uh, and learning about the aisle and all of the intrigue and, you know, revisiting some classic characters. But dear God, why did we let Chris pick three movies? I mean, <laughs> it's like, I haven't had a free night all week. Yeah, yeah. It was, he was overreaching a little bit, I feel like, maybe. Well, uh, but I am co-host. So <laughs> I'm not really overreached. And then I had to go back. It'd been so long, you know, days since I watched the first one. I was like, put it on again this afternoon to get ready to talk about this. I mean, it's just a lot of work. So I hope it's worth it for, for all the viewers out there. Because man, it was a lot of hours on Disney Plus. Our favorite sponsor of the show. Mm-hmm. And we are going to. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I, you know, it was interesting. I actually ended up watching all three movies back to back in one setting. A, a six hour movie mm-hmm. marathon. That was just, just an incredible time. I, I was just having a blast watching these movies. All I together. am curious as to how that experience went, and I want to. I'm ready to hear more about that uh, later. Well, on. it's not it's not the first time I've done something like this. I've, you know, like every Halloween, I watch three horror movies in one night. So. How long? Um, how long do you think I would have lasted in such a, a marathon? <laughs> well, thirty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> And that's for, for listeners who don't know, Kyle is notoriously s- someone who falls asleep during films. So. Yeah, I've gotten better, but it's been known to still happen from time to time. Breaking it up, Kyle, did you make it through all three of these without dozing off? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I want to say it, it was last week. So it's been, it's been, I've had some time away for it. I can't really remember. There were probably some times I was dozed off a little bit. I don't know. But I have it's a funny. few more. Can, yeah. Just quickly, one more uh, overarching thought for me. I uh, so I think when I started this whole process of watching the Descendants, uh, I was in a bad headspace because I was just sort of annoyed that I had to watch all three of these movies. <laughs> and, but I also think generally that they just got better as the series went on. I thought two and three were a lot more fun and enjoyable to watch than one. That's what um, I'm saying. I actually came up with an analogy I think sort of fits this, you know, for the three, for the three films here. I sort of, uh, they sort of invoked the original Star Wars trilogy for me. And let me break that down because I know you guys are about to go crazy. (laughs) Yeah, please. Not only in quality, of course, but um, in terms of like, uh, you know, the first Descendant is a classic, just like uh, New Hope. And it's all about you know, strong world building. And then you get into the second one, which Descendant 2 is is the empire of this trilogy. It's just, in my opinion, a perfect film. There's no errors in that one. And then finally you get the third one, which I think was fun, 
um, and pretty good, but there were a few like Ewok esque errors um, in it. <laughs> but overall, I mean, mm. I it's funny. I'm sort of like I'm sort of playing it up a little bit, but I I too went into this movie trilogy not knowing what to expect, and I tend to be pretty cynical when it comes to movies. And so I, I honestly did not expect to have such a positive reaction to these. And I don't totally know why. I just think like mm. throughout, I just had a lot of fun watching them. Chris, and... I tell you why. Yeah, go ahead. Kenny Ortega. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like I, it's gonna be I went in with the mindset. So strap in. Strap yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I went in with the mindset that these are Disney Channel original movies. So there's a certain ceiling they're not going to go past just because of budget and yeah. their intended audience. And so I, if you go in with that mindset, mm-hmm. I put this up there with, with the best Disney Channel movies, especially the ones that kind of have that singing element to mm-hmm. them. Like, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. There's the ones that don't have that, and they're kind of hard to compare. But like the High School Musical, it, this is basically, in my mind, High School Musical with fun Disney characters. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I feel like Kenny's found a lane for himself there in that regard. Um, yeah. If you don't know, he he also did one, two, and three High School Musicals, um, and then also uh, Cheetah Girls too. If you were curious, um, oh, yeah. the best Cheetah Girls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk about ceilings that they couldn't cross because it is a Disney Channel original movie. You know, there was a lot of obviously romance and teen angst and things throughout these films and love and those sorts of things. But did anyone ever kiss? Yeah. Yeah, there were some. True love's kiss and all that. There were oh, some. Right, right. Oh, you're right. The true love's kiss part. But there's like at the end of the movies when they're like hugging and dancing and stuff like yeah. that, they, they would always lean in for the kiss, but then not. I was like, ah. I sort of. That's why I think it was important we watched all three films because there's some character beats that really pay off <laughs> later on. <laughs> also, for me, I really I think another reason I like this movie just as a general theme is it's very focused on friendship, and it's it's more focused on that connection than it is the romantic connection. Romantic's there, but it's sort of secondary to like these four main characters all kind of working together and and uplifting each other. So I thought that was really cool. Again, that we had a trilogy of films mainly focused on platonic friendships among people. Well, let's not waste any more time here, Chris. You want to start us in on the first one? Sure. Yeah. Let's break it down by movie. I'll just give a quick plot summary for people. Descendants one, we meet our four heroes uh, or villains, if you will. Uh, Carlos, who's the son of Corella Deville, Jay, the son of Jafar, Evie, daughter of the evil queen, from Snow White and Mal, who's the daughter of Melissa Maleficent and is our main character. So they all get to leave that uh, Arkham Island, uh, Arkham Asylum-esque place and go to high school. And while trying to adjust to that, uh, Mal is told by her mom to steal the magic wand and free the rest of the villains. The magic wand belonging to the fairy godmother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, on on the prison island, no magic's allowed because that right. would kind of defeat the purpose. So, right. um, so yeah, I I think I just think right off the bat, we have to say in this first movie that the standout performance was was Kristen Chenoweth playing yeah. Maleficent, right? Like yeah. she just she was just like chewing up the scenery and mm-hmm. just every she was on screen, I was just like yeah, forward, just enthralled by her. <laughs> well, and they could only afford her for the first movie too. <laughs> <laughs> 
so yeah, Kristen Chenoweth uh, was the first Glinda from Wicked. So on the, the Broadway show. And so she obviously has the pipes and, and can, yeah. and knows how to act big, you know, she, cause she has to, she's played on Broadway to crowd of, you know, thousand people or whatever. I don't know how big theaters are, but sure. uh, yeah. So she, she, she's, exactly. acting, uh, on, she's cap on yeah. too. And yeah, exactly. So she knows um, she's, yeah, she's there and she's doing some heavy lifting. Well, and it's important too, because uh, I agree with everything you said. Um, but like, that was such an important casting to get right just for Mal's character to work of like, not only is she this child of an evil villain from the Island, but she's like the most, the the child of the most evil villain. They keep talking about Maleficent as like the worst of the worst villains, which I don't know if I just thought about that in a vacuum before I saw this movie, if I would have thought, yeah, Maleficent is the worst villain of all the Disney channel fairy tales. But like that actress, actress playing her mom and, and doing that role that way was convincing. Yeah. Plus keeping that comedic beat, you know, throughout these movies, I guess it's important to say there, there's comedy, you mm-hmm. know, elements. it's not, they never take themselves too seriously. Yes. So I guess, you know, they change obviously through the movie, but the movies, but is one of the main four kids. Did they really speak to you in terms of your favorite performance among them? Hmm. It's a good question. Impossible to decide. For what <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't, yeah, I've been going back and forth since I watched them. I think the two female lead female performances were a lot better. Uh, I really liked um, Evie in the second two, um, but Mal throughout, I thought just did I, was a fun, lighthearted protagonist. Yeah, I I will absolutely go to war for Evie who is my favorite throughout all three uh best friend best lines killed it with her outfits mm-hmm. I just she was she has my heart and soul and I'll go to war for her so I'm glad I'm glad you shared that opinion well it's a little person. unfair because the guys didn't have as much to do um I feel yeah. like uh, especially the third movie they were sort of cast aside yeah but I mean I, I got. I mean, Jay, like the sports, he he won like the sports ball game that they had at the, <laughs> at the academy. What was that sports game called? Uh, I don't even. You got it. <laughs> I don't know. It was like their Quidditch, though. You know, yeah. back to Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I it was wanted more of that. Oh no! It was my favorite part of the first film. It was like, okay, we're gonna have like. Because, like, the upscale, you know, um, Oridon, you know, hero paradise is already sort of ritzy anyways. And so, like, the perfect sport for them to play is lacrosse and just to be total assholes. About right. It. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, we're going to do lacrosse, but, but like, also with, have, like, guns. With a magic ball and, <laughs> yeah. and guns. <laughs> but there, there were no guns. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they had like a sideline guy that just like was lining people up and like taking people out with this huge like crossbow gun. Chris is going to get technical on us. He's like, no, that's not actually a gun. It was actually. Developed <laughs> no, I, I actually, yeah, I, 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 my initial reaction was them running around with guns in hands and I forgot, uh-huh. I'd forgotten about the sideline yeah. crossbow. I guess the, so the sideline yeah. crossbow, do we know actually how much damage that did to people? Like, I don't know if we ever saw it like take anyone out, like. That's because they couldn't hit Jay. He was a blur. <laughs> what a star. That's true. This no, is... uh, 
I think the, uh, <laughs> the 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 actors in that world are going to be coming up with their own version of concussion in theater soon. I mean, it, the CTE problems are probably rampant <laughs> in that game. But I just want to be really clear. I mean, because th- this to me was the coolest part of the movie. So they're like running up and down this field at the Hero High School, where now the villain kids are being incorporated, and they play this lacrosse style game. And there's goalies and small little goals. But at midfield, on each side of the field, there's these, like, crossbows, as Kyle said, on, like, <laughs> towers. And kids sit there and try to shoot the players as they run by. It's yeah. incredible. I would watch, <laughs> as our sports options are limited on TV right now, I would kill for something like that. And the friendly fire must be rampant. Like, there's no way that they can just line this up perfectly. And, like, they're all running around. I don't know. Can we also just give kudos to the band and cheerleaders and crowds who had like coordinated cheers throughout the yeah, game? Oh like they're incredible. Yeah. Okay. I, one last thing about the game is that in, if can I bring this up now, or do, would you rather me save this for later? I don't. I have no idea <laughs> what's about to happen. You have no idea. I just like the in-game announcer. So you know, like the in-arena kind of announcer that's like do it. announcing the subs. I absolutely, uh, I absolutely love. What, he's just like roasting Carlos as he's taking the, the field. He's like, this guy can barely hold a shield, and I'm like, it's his own team, first of all, and and he's just picking on this like kid who just wants some playing time. Really <laughs> yeah. tough. Like, so, not sure what coach is doing here. Like, yeah, his player in, and so I a follow-on question is. For yourself, what would an in-game announcer that is just roasting their own team say about you as you sub into the game? <laughs> what would they say? Carson oh. Schneider uh, can barely tell his two left feet apart or something. Like, what would they say to you? I don't know, man. You roast us. Tell us what you, you well, know I didn't think better. too much about it. I just wanted to throw the question out there. <laughs> I did the easy job, the easy part. Mm-hmm. All right, Carson, think about no. it. We'll circle back. Known to we'll talk a back. lot of smack, but uh, rarely backs it up. Carson Schneider. Yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> and my sad truth is I would never even get in the game anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's I'm good. The, I'm the crossbow man. <laughs> yeah, that's a special uh, – yeah, that's a specialized yeah, the position. The announcer would probably root for my own team to crossbow me in the danger <laughs> field just to get me out of there. <laughs> Dude. I had forgotten that they had shields too. It's not just that they have the sticks; they have shields. Mm-hmm. God, this game is so cool. <laughs> I know, I know. Mm. It's a it's a huge omission. It's just like in Harry Potter again to bring it back. Like Quidditch disappears in the later books and films. Like man, the second and third Descendant movies really would have mm. been even better with a little bit of this sports action back in it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just want to. Uh, circle back to so um it's it's beast and bell or the king and queen of everyone which i guess is sort of like <laughs> what makes like, them better than sure else. why but, not um but so it, their son prince ben uh is the one who puts this program in to bring four kids from the hellscape of their home <laughs> <laughs> to the nice normal world and he picks these four kids, our four uh, main characters. But, like, how did he pick them? Mm-hmm. Did he just, like, because it really feels like he did it just to bang Mal. Because he was, like, he was flirting with her from moment one. But he wouldn't and have so seen it, who they were. I mean, or were there applications? But, like, 
I don't know. It's, and, and we'll get to this, obviously, in the second movie, but it, it was, uh, yeah, how did he pick them? Because you, you pick them at the exclusion of, of others. So... Kind of creepy, right? Because she, she I, I don't know, it's a weird moment where they walk up and he's just like, hey, how's it going, babe? And she's like, uh. And he already had a girlfriend. I, I mean, I, yeah. This is our, like, good king, also, good prince. Also, okay. I, and let us not just keep devolving to picking apart these movies, which we easily could, because there was actually we enjoyed them well, as we as we said. But also, it's I kind of love. Fun. I think love's a better word. Yeah. Uh, but what kind of king like passes on the throne before like he dies? <laughs> I had this. I was going to bring this, this up in notebook, but I I think it's funnier. And now. he's like, like what? Poor... He's like mid forties, fifty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he's like <laughs> the former king. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the retirement package is really good or something he just was done and prince prince ben is 16 he he ascended to the throne at 16 that was the end of this film was his like coronation mm-hmm. yeah or dad i guess just gets taken out back and shot or something. i just had i try and recognize my own limits as a film viewer and just be vulnerable and i think this is just one of those moments where i say these these films were just too complicated for me to follow (laughs) um because at times so yeah he becomes the king and then his first act is the is like the first scene in the movie where he's like i'm bringing these four kids over to our to oradon but then he hasn't been coronated yet so then to complicate things further they call him the prince in some of the later, like in the third movie, they call him Prince Ben. Mm. And I'm like, okay, so what is it? Huh. Like, I didn't notice that. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, interesting. But, Maybe it's like a, was it someone like knocking him? Like, was it one of our pseudo villains being like, oh, Prince Ben or something? It could have been. It very well could have been. Um, yeah, but so maybe he was like king on, on paper or something or like king before the yeah. coronation. It was kind of one of those deals. Maybe like Cornish was just ceremonial and, and you know. Yeah. We'll go with that. That's probably I don't know. I'm, but I, since we're here. I'm going to bat. I'll go to bat for these movies. <laughs> but as much as I'll pick them apart, too. Uh, I just want to say, since we're talking about Prince King Ben, uh, <laughs> he, I say the only like noteworthy thing or the only thing like where he behaves like a king the whole time is in that first scene where he's like i have this proclamation and then in like the other two movies he's just like go with the flow like do whatever he's got a nice know, office to Mal. Mm-hmm. yeah uh he so, did so have I a nice office i don't mean to jump ahead too much but uh i think if you're looking for you know films that uh, show you how to be a good king i wouldn't say that that these are are the films for you <laughs> my favorite thing <laughs> so that the audience knows who the kids are related to is they always introduce themselves like hi i'm ben you know son of king beast (laughs) (laughs) hey i'm mal my mom's maleficent Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think we should bring that that. always always to say who our parents and grandparents are every time we introduce ourselves there's a little yeah it was definitely a lot of uh, tell telling there (laughs) instead of showing yeah um so i guess the you know it goes on. We have love plot. It starts with love potion. It's funny. I in in my notes, I when they first did this love potion, I wrote down like it would have been better if the love potion didn't work and he just fell in love with her naturally. And of course, these this perfect movie did that. Yeah. Who will wash it away halfway through? And he felt he did fall in love with her naturally. And I was like, man, these movies are just completely 
flawless and beyond any criticism. <laughs> this is just incredible. Mm-hmm. He was like pretty chill about the whole getting drugged thing. Like, you know, he was like, he realized it and then snapped back as like, oh, wait, I actually do like her. There was no like moment to process the fact that he had just, you know, Mm-hmm. been drugged by mal and to be into loving her yeah which is so like yeah. a moment no, of, this is what I like. of reflection might have might have been nice yeah i think the thing is like he again he brought her over with the explicit purpose of dating and marrying her so it, <laughs> it really wasn't any speed bump for him of getting this love potion he was going to get there pretty much anyway well it so. was weird because like you could feel that tension from the get-go and he had a girlfriend. I don't know if I brought this yeah. up, but like, yeah, I don't know. That still just is like weird to me. I don't know what he's what he's, he's yeah. doing there. It would have been more impactful. I feel like if if we didn't have those hints early on, or become way more subtle, because mm-hmm. it was just like, it, I know it's like a kids movie, but the instant they look at each other, you're like, okay, well, there it is. <laughs> They're going to yeah. end up together. It's funny you bring up like uh, to to change it a little bit the the kids movie aspect because like. This this movie, I mean, I enjoyed them still, and I hadn't seen probably half of the movies that these kids are from. Really? <laughs> um, just to show my Disney blind spot, I haven't seen Snow White or Sleeping Beauty, so like half of the villain kids, I I don't know. Like I get it, and as much as like they're villains and everything, and kind of mm-hmm. know the basic plot ish of those movies, but I, I didn't actually, I haven't actually seen those movies, but like if this, these are like tv movies so like what are the kids watching have are they all more disney literate than i am um i'd say in general probably yes you know it's hard to say i i actually i was i wanted more references i think they could have had more characters mm. more like even yeah. even at the like we only got like four good kids uh kids of good yeah. characters like they should have just even just name drop them like you know they they could have said oh that's Beth she's so and so's daughter or just like little things like that or make it so obvious through context clues you're like oh cool that must be so and so's kid they could have done a lot more of that um, yeah uh, it go ahead it's an interesting question Kyle because uh, like the kids that like Chris said these movies came out in the last five years or so like the kids that are watching Disney Channel and watching the Disney Channel originals like I don't know are they watching the 80s and 90s Mm -hmm. made Snow White well and that's the thing it's like it's kind of feel like it's made for us but it's on a Disney Channel which we don't necessarily watch anymore but now with the advent of Disney Plus Mm -hmm. we do we can so yeah I don't know that's a good point because all these movies now are on Disney Plus, which makes them way easier to access. Plus, I mean, I I don't think we're fans of them necessarily, but these live action Disney movies are bring. Maybe this is why Disney is doing them, just to get these movies back in the cultural zeitgeist. If a kid can say, "Never seen the original right. Aladdin," but now they've seen this new one, which is basically the same, so then they understand who these characters are, kind of thing. It's a gateway. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they have the remakes. Of course, they're like, God, I forgot about that. And I don't know, like, uh, I, they sort of did Snow White, but it was more focused on, it was like that weird uh, Huntsman movie or something. Like, they've done some weird one. And Maleficent had that weird Angelina Jolie version, but, you know, I guess yeah. they're Didn't out there. Didn't have two movies of that? They only, maybe did three. For sure no. two. For sure two. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. That, that's a future anyway. episode. Kyle, you pick next. You can pick the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris gets three. I at least get two. Yeah. 
so I don't know. The first movie it ends how you think it's going to end. Her mom gets out, Maleficent. Uh, they have a big climactic battle where everyone assumes the evil kids are going to be evil, and they ended up choosing to be good, mainly because Mao saw a path forward of becoming queen. So she, it was a pretty easy decision for her. Um, <laughs> yes, can we talk about the very, very end? Yeah, you're talking the dance party celebration? Yeah, we love a good dance party oh, yeah. to finish out a movie. Yeah. Um, that's a kind of a th- it's how we finish our podcast. Yeah, that's kind of a throwback <laughs> a little bit to like, but one that comes to mind is like the Shrek films always had that big musical number at the end. Sure. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and High School Musical. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so like, but at the very, very end, right, she, so you had Mal like look back at the camera breaking the fourth wall, uh-huh. which was the only time in the films that that happened. No, they but, did it um, in the second one too. Uma did it. Did they? With yeah. Uma. Okay, gotta, we'll get there. Yeah. I don't remember that. Well, teaser. <laughs> I'll bring it up after the second movie discussion. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so she like looks back at the camera and she's like, she her eyes glow green or whatever, right? And she's like, what? You didn't think that was all or whatever. This was the end, yeah. did you? So obviously setting up a second movie, but also I feel like kind of implying that she was going to, go on and like you like like you said be queen but then also have kind of ulterior motives in the second movie to to maybe shape things more to her will which we'll get to it didn't end up happening that way it was a there's a different that's how they hook you kyle you watch that on disney channel would that not have been a better (laughs) second movie plot i don't know that's just maybe me but kyle they're not going to do a heel turn for a main character in a disney channel original what, where she who, becomes who started out as a villain excuse me like it only would have made sense they whatever. sort of tiptoed around it we'll get to it in the second movie they tiptoed <laughs> towards it as much as a disney channel original is going to get <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's the, yeah i've nitpicked enough on, on the first one but i enjoyed the, the music and the chorus. yeah i was gonna say thought, like kyle in this first one is there a song because <sighs> People maybe know know Kyle mm-hmm. is a huge music buff in movies. <laughs> uh, is there one? Is do you have a favorite one from this one? Favorite song? Um, I gotta think back. I didn't like write down all the songs. Yeah, um, you can just kind of just but... describe it, I guess, if you don't know the title of it. Mm-hmm. Mine. I, I'm a su- go ahead. Okay, no, go I, I was gonna give you time, but if you're ready, go for it. I think thinking back, I'm a real sucker for like that when the the Prince King Ben uh is singing to the girl in this to mount yeah, in the stands yeah, under the love he's, he's like wooing her yeah, yeah yeah that was a catchy that was a catchy that was probably my favorite some, too but the yeah, museum the band, song like everyone can yeah the museum song duet with kristen chenoweth was good too. oh of course yeah 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 where it really gave her time to shine yeah and Mal, uh, I gotta be honest, couldn't really keep up well that's not, no one could really <laughs> in this movie especially no, no one could yeah it was interesting you know there was a lot of uh classic like whitewashed disney rap numbers <laughs> and uh, th- those were good um but kind of you know I'll, yeah. i'm still i still hum i'm rotten to the core because I, <laughs> I like the br guest kind of rap hip-hop remix they did for the oh, like yeah. garden party that was pretty good too I thought we'd get more of that. They did, to their credit, they wrote more original songs than I expected. I thought we'd get more of those like Disney songs, just slightly remixed. But 
that was pretty much the only yeah. one. So, right. All right. So, okay. let's... you guys done? Everyone's had their piece. Yeah. On one. Anything else you want to say, Colin? Descendants one, or should we move on to the second one? Um, I think I'm good on the first one. If I have any more, I'll we'll bring it up in the notebook here. Deal. Later, so, all right. Second, Descendants two. If you thought the first one was great, just buckle up. <laughs> you're never going to go in the water again. Strap it on. In our second film, uh, Mao is attempting to adjust to being in the lights. Uh, because she's now betrothed to Prince Prince King Ben. Um, But as that's happening, as she's dealing with the paparazzi and all that, trouble is brewing out on uh, Isle of the Lost. Uh, That's right. Uh, There's danger on the high seas. Uma, daughter of Ursula, said, hey, I want to take algebra too. I want to go to school. Um, Yeah. And they get up to some mischief. And most importantly, Kenny is back for round two. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot kyle i i forgot a huge what one of the viewers favorite segments listeners favorite segments kyle's lessons i have a lesson for the first movie i wanted to know oh. if you picked up on it life lesson um, life lesson um uh i'll just tell you it's i, got, I don't know this I is from I didn't get a great one. this is from my favorite character evie uh, she said, always use upward strokes when applying blush. Oh. Life lesson from the first movie. Okay. That has been an issue yeah. with my blush. All right. Back to the second one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so this was my favorite of the three. Um, each movie, the sets get better, costumes get better. I think every, mm-hmm. the acting, the, and the characters kind of come into their own. Carlos was a little rough. Cruella DeVille's son in the first movie. He was like pure comic relief. This one gets a little bit more of a character beat. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed this one. What'd you guys think? I love this one. And uh, I gotta say, we all noticed how jacked Jay got, right? <laughs> I mean, that dude, he could probably, I mean, he could probably military press, what, like 180, 190? Oh. I mean, he was... He was, he just those shoulders. He's like Dwight Howard out there. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I think his name officially in the movie was Jay Shoulders uh Jafar. I don't know what their last names are. <laughs> That's a good point. That... There's no last names in these movies. Very interesting. Um, yeah. This one I I really like this one. I think the music was the best in this film. Um mm. also the friendship that I've I've kind of highlighted earlier between especially Evie and Mal, I think really comes around um, with both of them kind of supporting each other. Mal struggles with this paparazzi and she ends up fleeing back to evil Island. Um, mm-hmm. And that sort of like gives an opening to our villains to sort of eventually kidnap uh, Prince King Ben and really cause some conflict. But um, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's my girl Evie who really gets her back on track and says, Hey, don't forget. Yeah. Uh, my good friend, you're about to become queen. So don't screw it up. And for those uh, viewers who are also into movies like I am, such as To All the Boys I Loved Before, um, you'll notice the hairdresser uh, little girl uh, is, was Kitty from those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen it. The, yeah, so her name is Dizzy, Dizzy, I guess, the hairdresser. Yeah. I don't know what if she was a child. Yeah, of- her 
Any of them? I don't know. Grandma was the evil stepmother from Cinderella. Ah, so uh, okay. That was that connection. Okay, that's right. Um, also, so I like this one too, and I do actually have a favorite song yeah. and dance from this one. Go for it. Um, so it, it must have stood out. It was Chillin' Like a Villain. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chillin' Like a mm-hmm. Villain. That one, that that song goes for sure. To give a little context, uh, uh, Prince, King Ben, and the other three main characters all go to uh, Evil Island to get Mal back. But, of course, the prince doesn't, you know, sticks out like a sore thumb, and he's a very important person, so they're trying to teach him how to blend in uh, by acting mm-hmm. all cool. Did you learn how to chill like a villain, Kyle? Do you think you could pull it off? Bro, bro, I've been mad chilling like a villain since day one. Ooh. So I already knew that dance. I was dancing along. And Carson, you're, you're kind of known as the bad boy of the podcast. Did you need the tips or were you good? Uh, I was I was totally vibing with that one. The perfect sequel to Rotten. Um, I gotta say, you know, the acting in this one was better. You were so right that like um, both Jay and Carlos, um, the two uh, male protagonists in this series, just had more to do and were more fun. You got to see them more as people. Um, they both developed some love interests. That's right, yeah. Uh, which was uh, fun, but Chris is right that the focus does stay on the friendship and the, the four-pack of friends. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to go right here. Well, no. Let's okay. put a pin in this. I, I, I have a lot of thoughts and things to say about the okay. final scene on the boat. But I'm Let's hold on to that. that. We'll, we'll break going. that down okay. at the end. How about um, okay. of this movie? I just wanted another shout out. Another song I really liked um, mm-hmm. was the introduction to Uma, who's um, Ursula's daughter, oh. is the villain. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, listeners might, or people who've seen the movie, should recognize her from uh, uh, Black Thunder, a superhero show on CW. But um, so she, I like her as an actress, um, but her, her intro song is like, you know, she's got uh, Harry Hook, Captain Hook's son, and mm-hmm. uh, baby Gaston oh, in mm-hmm. her gang of other pirates. Uh, they call them the Wharf Rats, but her intro song is What's My Name? And, and like throughout the whole song, they're just like chanting her name as like a background uh, beat. It's really good. Mm-hmm. That'll, yeah, I'll hype you up. Yeah. I, I wish you guys would chant oh, my name in the background next, when I'm talking. Next podcast intro, <laughs> let's let's remember that, Kyle. We can chant. You can say "What's my name" or something, and we'll chant it. That'd be great. Um, Kyle is not the Uma of this podcast. I'm going to put a watch on that what? right now. We're either chanting Chris's well, name or mine. Shoot, what was Kyle right. Harry Hook or or Baby Gaston yeah. then? I could do a real bad Scottish accent. <laughs> let's hear um, it. Um, I don't know actually if I can. <laughs> okay, work on it. I just it. said that. I'll just uh, I'll bring it for next podcast. Can we just okay, um, mention great little character detail was Harry Hook holding a hook in his uh-huh, hands yeah. just to emulate I, his when dad. When I first saw it, I I was like, did he? If he, does he have the same bad luck as his dad, <laughs> or or is he holding it? It's genetic, and he's it's genetic, or he's holding it, and it kind of like like what tool would like hold it, but. It turns out like you no and either way you you're not looking great. Anyway. Um okay, I've I've I'm sorry. Yeah. I just can't get over the fact of Kyle saying, Yeah, I could do this impression. No, no, I yeah. I really overpromised and I <laughs> underdelivered, but that's what you guys get with me. So 
which I'm finding, which kind of leads me into something I wanted to talk about really quick. Yeah. Um, nice. I need to take better notes. Um, I think because <laughs> in, in the moment they make sense, but then I'm looking back and I don't know who said it or like why I wrote it down. So I have this quote and if you guys could help sure. me remember uh, who said this and why I thought it might be important. Uh, the quote is peanut butter and jelly is my favorite. <laughs> that's Does it? that stick out to anyone? <laughs> oh, I do. I know what yeah, that's from. <laughs> I thought it was funny or something. I don't know. And who said it? I Wait, didn't even put I, it. I didn't even attribute it. I remember. I remember. That's from their first like date scene. Yeah. Like, she was supposed to like prepare all of the baked goods for mm. him to oh. eat, but then she like just used magic mm-hmm. and it turned out all she had made was a PB and J. And when that was revealed, she runs away and then he shouts <laughs> yeah. after her. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Carson. Ah, oh, that was a great scene. So good. <laughs> Can we just also say sixteen yeah. is way too young to be betrothed? Like, what are they? I mean, well, in today's okay. day, you, day and age, it is I mean, today. These movies don't pretend to be set in the past or anything. Oh, that's a good point. Again, again, I'm gonna need you guys to be kind with me because I'm trying to be vulnerable <laughs> okay. about my own lack of understanding. <laughs> Oh, were they betrothed? Yeah. Is that, is that yeah. because they get no, he doesn't propose until the very no. end. Or Dude, because that right? dance, the whole thing is that that dance they've been planning, the, the end scene, which we're going to break down here soon. That was like part of that dance was it was a celebration of their like marriage or not marriage, but like engagement sort of thing. I thought it was so I understood it as that was a celebration of her becoming like a lady of the court. But then he also gets down on a knee to start the third movie. So what was that about? If they were already betrothed. I don't remember him getting down on the knee in the third movie. Carson, you're confusing me. And I thought I had a pretty good grasp on how these movies were. No, it's like, as, as I'll, I'll pull it up on Disney Plus right now. It's as in the third movie, sorry to jump ahead, but like they're getting more kids from the island. And as the limo's pulling up before that happens, he like makes a big show of getting down on one knee and proposing. Okay. That's what my notes say. Maybe, maybe like the dance is like a, Hey, we're going steady now. It's, it's like a promise ring versus an actual engagement ring by the third one. That's how I understood it. That, I think that's. Right. I think the the importance of the dance though was like him declaring his romantic interest, and so um, right. which he'd right. already done. Well, anyway. officially, it's like it's like a ceremonial version. Okay. Of it, I oh, I see. So, okay. To Honestly, me, it I was like Mal. Mal, welcome to high society. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and also, it's I'm almost like yeah, like, introducing her formally to the court as his paramour, sort of thing. Um. Okay. Um, okay. Um, okay. Anyway, thank you for holding my hand <laughs> through that. I needed that. So, one thing that we're not doing today, spoiler, is the mailbag, correct? Yeah, I just think, you know, with three movies, that we're probably not going to have time for it. But if you got like okay. a quick question or something, go for it, I guess. No, no. Sorry, that, that is a little bit leading, sounding like I have a question. What I have is an intro that I actually wrote out this time <laughs> and ready to go. But now I won't use it. So Can you, can can you I... use it for the notebook? Mm, 
The lyrics are more geared towards the man. Why don't, why don't you just sing, <laughs> sing it before the notebook section and we'll just know it was meant to be for them. That'd be nice. That, you know, listeners, stay, stick with us through these next two movies because then you'll get to hear Kyle's song he, he created. Okay, I like it. It's a little tease. Yeah. Mm. Why did you bring this up now? We're talking about the song. <laughs> Kyle. Yes. Oh, well, because it's all because it, beca- it came from, I thought of it during the second, watching the second movie. So I guess I should have had that in there at some point, but. No, you should have had none. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> when am I going to, but I didn't know if I was going to be able to sing it. So, okay. I'm glad we have the tease. Stay tuned. Um... Good on air meeting. <laughs> all right, Chris, can you uh, get us um, back? Can we just say the talking dog sucked? I know Kyle probably likes him because it's his drunk uncle Bobby Moynihan voicing him. <laughs> yeah. But God, the dog was so I love annoying. Bobby Moynihan. Okay, the dog kind of annoying. Didn't didn't hate it like you, but also when it first happened, like why are they acting a little surprised? Uh, like in Dis- this is Disney. Like having talking animals isn't crazy. So yeah. why are they kind of surprised at the fact that there's a talking dog? I don't know. That's a good point. You know, I guess on the this well, was brought up to uh, by by faithful listener uh, Jasmine. They also, Shout out to Jasmine. I mean, to be fair, they grew up on the Isle of the Damned, where no magic's allowed. So the kids maybe really hadn't experienced that. They might have magic. never seen a talking animal. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Okay, there you go. Plot explained. Plot hole. Asked and answered. We're working through, working through these really complicated <laughs> and turns. That's why they passed the <laughs> Um. So yeah, they they're on the Isle of the Lost, and uh, um, the prince is unable. Prince King then is unable to chill like a villain and gets kidnapped by Uma and her wharf rats. And so our heroes have to band together to go save them um, with the help of their three D printer. This magical three D printer that can just <gasps> yes. make them anything. Um, basically, can Uma. I say I- Oh, go ahead, Kyle. The 3D printer, the 3D printer uh, kind of deal kind of worked for me in the way that they introduced it. And then, then it just had Chad just yeah. use it for his own yeah. van, uh, like vanity. Chad. Uh, and then it came yeah. back in the later in the movie. Kind of actually was an aspect that worked for me in this film. Chad, uh, who is the son of Prince Charming and Cinderella, mm-hmm. is really comes into his own in this movie. He's quite funny as, as kind of a pseudo villainous, just kind of character annoyance for our heroes. Mm-hmm. And making his like action figures with 3D printer <laughs> and all that stuff. He was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the uh, Ben's in trouble. So, they 3D print uh, the fairy godmother's wand because that's what Uma wants to, to basically do Malef- Maleficent's plan again and break free. And so, we have this big fight, and, uh, and the danger is they're going to throw Ben into the water off the, off the mm-hmm. plank. But I was sitting there thinking, like, they're like two feet from Doc. He just—he's already proven himself to be quite a good swimmer. He could just, you know, doggy paddle a couple of inches over and climb up a ladder. Like, what's the danger? Are his here? hands not tied? No, I don't think so. I don't recall them being know. tied. I don't know. To me, I agree, Chris. I mean, that's why I mean, they set up Uma and the rest of her gang of pirates as just like Class B villains, you know? That was their whole spiteful <laughs> rage, you know, their driving force through the whole film was that they were never treated as world-class villains. So I think that's consistent <laughs> with their ineptitude. Man, I gotta I say... I think it was more just a demonstration of the, yeah. like, the sh- like kind of a show of force. Like, we could... Yeah. He's gonna ruin his outfit. 
<laughs> can we just <laughs> say what a what a missed opportunity? I you know this sort of ties back into not enough kids of these heroes and villains. How could we not get a spunky redheaded like Ariel's daughter in this film? Just would have been perfect. Uh, uh, especially here was my idea, and this is tough because I know Disney, who is a great sponsor. We love you, Disney. They hate same-sex <laughs> relationships in their movies. But my idea <laughs> was how great would it have been a cute little romance between uh, Uma and this uh, Ariel spunky daughter? That would have been great. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That would have been great. Disney. Sign yeah. this guy. <laughs> Sign it. End this sponsorship and just hire me full-time. I'll tell you all these good Jeez. things you can do. <laughs> He's written the fanfic already. <laughs> Sign him. <laughs> The reason the reason Disney would not want to sign me is because in my section of notes where I talked about mischaracters they introduced, I thought the cast of Bugs Life. <laughs> what? What is this? A school for ants? <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I think makes less uh, sequential or you know, not narrative sense to have them around but you know like particularly in the third movie when they're picking berries and stuff like what if they're just like a little buck and he's like hey I'm <laughs> that's my pitch disney Make it i was pretty that's very good i was pretty disappointed they name dropped sherwood forest and that's the team they were playing back in movie one in the sports ball game and we didn't get like a talented guy on the other team who was like robin's son or something that would have been great too hmm yeah okay oh, another note for oh. me i i need i need to bring this up where does robin hood go would he would have would he have been on oradon or would mm, he have been on the- no oh oh that's a good <laughs> question i th- i think pete i think um robin's kid is rotting on the isle of the damned for sure he's a thief because mm. he's yeah. a thief I don't know. He's always on the run, though. I think I think he's like kind of a like a vigilante character oh. with him and his family, just kind of on the lamp. He's like the Batman the whole time. of Disney. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's another like is Aladdin. I mean, Aladdin was a thief too, and kind of a um, uh, uh, you know, reaching beyond his place by marrying the whatever Jasmine. Uh, he was probably mm-hmm. should be on the aisle too. Hmm. So here's how I think it actually works is they like Robin Hood and like, yeah, maybe Aladdin's kid or whatever, too. They are still on Oridon, mm. the paradise, but they sort of just run around and steal from people anyways. But the inept heroes are just sort of like, ah, oh, you, you took, all right, you have that. You keep that. Uh, but like, no one really cares because they know it's good hearted. But uh, yeah. That's I mean, if he's cool. like, mm. if he's anything like his son, the beast probably just threw about, threw around pardons left and right, just on a whim. So he can just get anyone off the island he wanted. <laughs> yeah, I'm saving my so, thoughts on that for the third. You movie. bring up a good point of of playing Sherwood Forest versus is it Oridon Academy or like what's the Oridon Prep, name? I believe. Oridon Prep, but isn't Oridon the the whole kingdom? Yeah, like but now? so like there's like schools within the kingdom. So is Oridon just like the school that people want to go to but like the lesser people yeah. go to other schools it's like university of texas you want to go there as opposed to like texas tech or something there's ordon tech i'm sure <laughs> ordon ordon hey, nothing, hey they need the, they, there's toilets in ordon that need that need plumbing you know <laughs> trade schools are important that's my stance ordon community college is that what you're saying <laughs> 
yeah <laughs> that's probably where i'd end up um all right do you want to get the very final scene Carson? and you've been really chomping at the bit to break this down yeah so first i would like to start with just i'd like to do some wine but really first. fast let me just set the all stage right. they get you know they're all back for this uh uh big dance winter formal thing where everyone's expecting Mao and, and Prince King to to announce their love. And then all of a sudden, Uma's there as his unexpected date. Go ahead, Curse. So, um, thing, we quickly learned that Uma had sort of like cast a spell or brainwashed the Prince King somehow, unclear. Uh, and then she jumps into the water and has tentacles and stuff, and there's a battle. And Mal turns into a dragon because she's Maleficent's daughter, and the dragon's fighting the octopus. It's incredible CGI. It's basically Avatar. <laughs> um, and now I would like to do my impression of Prince King. Oh ben. boy! I'm just wait, wait, just stop. <laughs> just respect one another. Just, just, just respect. More, just, just love each other. Respect. Have some respect. I that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. I didn't know we were having uh, Mitchell Hope uh, on, on the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. That yeah, that, that's how it went. Dead ringer. Poor Prince King Ben can't catch a break with these love potions either. He's just constantly getting drugged left and right. Wait, can I do a line reading? Yeah, can I ahead. do a line reading? Okay, this is this is uh, Prince King Ben um, watching them them fight uh, after he said all of the things Carson said. <laughs> I forgot that part. I literally wrote that down. Notes. That's how it starts. Is, ah, oh, that's at the beginning. Okay, I forgot where that fell in yeah. his great. Uh... And then he goes. <laughs> that's the beast. The beast the coming beast out. Him. A little that's foreshadowing, right. boys. Just like the green eyes last movie. A little foreshadowing uh... for movie three. He's such a useless. Guy. <laughs> there, I'll just say it. I'll, I'll make the subtext. Text. I mean, dear God, that guy. So the octopus and the dragon are fighting. You know, as his friends are about to be like thrown off a boat into the raging seas, which is, I mean, by the way, like the coolest like prom type high school event ever. I wish I had prom mm. on a boat, but I digress. Um, and he instead, while the dragon is fighting the giant Uma octopus villain, he just starts shouting and then jumps into the water. Yeah. What did he, what did he think was going to happen? I thought was he was going to be able to like in the change water? into the beast on command mm. and then like come out and be like we're all but i think they blew their cgi budget on the <laughs> <Yeah>. octopus <laughs> um well i mean he he succeeded he t- he talked some sense into them and brought peace moment mm-hmm. you know to the land and yeah. uh yeah i guess i guess we're all the chumps <laughs> yeah but bad right. king what what did you, what would you have done carson hey the guy gets results <laughs> you're right right Kyle, this is a good kind of transition. Do you know the life lesson of this movie? Oh, boy. Um, 
Like, I don't. Oh, uh, don't don't let your dog eat. Like, don't leave treats out for your dog. Mm, that's a good one. It's actually uh, embrace your inner beast. Oh. Mm-hmm. No, Chris, oh. actually, you're wrong. You didn't pay enough attention. The lesson is actually. <laughs> he, Carson laid it out for you. All right. <laughs> you missed it. Yeah, well, that's sort of like he embraces inner beast in that moment. But true, that that is the more the more apt lesson, Kyle. So take note. Okay. All right. And with that, boys, so we're on Descendant Three and Descendants Three, and guess what? It's VK Day. That's right. A bizarro Hunger Games where children from across the Isle of the Lost pray that they get a golden ticket to go to school and escape the horrors of their every waking moment uh, they have called home. Uh, but people are, are discontented at our VK gang, our, uh, our Connect Four of heroes, on both the Isle and in Oridon. Plus, isn't that Uma Chick still like out swimming around somewhere? All right, mm. the final Chris, movie, Kyle. Did you did you hear that, Chris? What's that? Kenny is back. <laughs> That's right. One, two, three. Kenny Ortega coming at you, director, choreographer, all around, just god of the Disney Channel original movie. So, and so let's just. I want to transition this here. You know, Chris gave a good plot summary, setting us up for the third movie here. But quickly, we haven't discussed my favorite character in the whole series yet, which is Levy or yes. Evie's love interest, Doug. Uh, Doug. Yeah, son of Doug. one of the dwarves. And I don't so, remember which one. I think it was Dopey. Dope. Yeah. Well, probably. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he doesn't wear. That, does. Um, but so. Doug, Doug's great, great character, but I think between the third movie, there must have been some sort of phone call between him and Kenny. <laughs> and Kenny, he's like, hey, hey, yo, Doug. And he's like, hey, that's not my name, but yeah, what, what's up? He's like, hey, man, we're, we're bringing the gang back together. We're doing Descendants 3. Hell yeah. And he's like, he's like, well, um, I, I, I mean, I guess, like, I've got a long-ass ponytail now, but if that's chill, like, I'll be there. And then so Doug showed up looking like uh I, I mean, <laughs> like, he, no like he was on like some dopey. <laughs> some dopey. <laughs> Dude. No, he was definitely the nerdy kid in middle school and high school that like in his late, late teenage years learned how to mellow. Doug up. is a sweetheart, man. He's he's a he's he's been great all three movies. We haven't talked about him, which is too bad, but you know, the first movie, he's very supportive of Evie, embracing her intelligence, not doing the, like, dumb girl act. And, and you know, I at first I wasn't sure about his hair either, but by the end of the movie, I really came to appreciate it. It was just his kind of unique flair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't hate it. It was good. I, I liked it. It works. It works. It's not something you see in a Disney movie all the time, right? I mean, so I, I think, you know, variety is... is Good. Yeah, in the film where where Prince King uh, Ben finally lets out his inner beast, it's crazy mm. that he's the second hairiest dude on set. <laughs> <laughs> Doug. Um, Doug. 
All right. Okay. I, I don't think we can gloss over how messed up the beginning of this movie is. <laughs> like, it's yeah, no, it's, really, um, really yeah. terrible. Go ahead. I also want to point out we can circle back to it, or we can. Um, it, it's kind of in addition to how messed it's at the very beginning. Mm. So they all have these posters up, um, right? Like each villain kid. The, yeah. So Jay, Carlos, Mal, and Evie each have their posters up around like basically propaganda yeah they're like um, heroes yeah. <laughs> around the island they're heroes um did you happen to see what uh, jay's poster said no i looked up closely i'm very interested okay. though you want to know what it said don't tell me it was jay's shoulders <laughs> <laughs> no okay it's it, this is adding to the messed up uh like vibe of it all it's uh it's, it was like jay Big brother to us all. All right. Anyone else getting some Orwellian? Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess the title. (laughs) But yeah, I I think it's like it's I I mean, the other reading of Big Brother is like someone who looks out for you. uh, But on top of the whole like what you were talking about, the whole beginning of the movie and how it like everyone's (laughs) vying for like a ticket off the island. just doesn't look great yeah yeah no, that's a good point it's pretty messed up like and so yeah let's just really hone in on this i mean like so the the you know the fab four is there and i think prince ben is there also and they're just like yeah like we're gonna pick out some kids to come have a good life while the rest of you all stay in the <laughs> shithole and it's like um yeah, and then everyone's kind of cheering. I didn't. I didn't pay enough attention. Was everyone in the crowd like? Yeah, like, yeah, they were all dancing in jazz. Like, there was man. a big like, dance number, man. Yeah. It, oh right. Because when it first started, I'm like, okay, they're they're gonna let like twenty or thirty kids. I thought they're all gonna go, and then they're they're up there reading a proclamation, yeah, all like, all right, we're four lucky ones are all coming, and it's not random either. They chose who's coming, so it's totally biased. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about the nepotism there. Jeez. It's like, my friend. Yeah. She'd be great. And then we're also going to bring her sister. It was, it was so insane too. Like I love Evie, but when she announced, um, what, what's the one girl's name, Kyle, the hairdresser girl. Oh, Dizzy. Dizzy. She's like, you know her, you love her. She's like a little sister to me. Dizzy. And all these people are like, yeah, Dizzy. (laughs) Like (laughs) Evie's like, you won't be able to get your hair cut anymore. (laughs) Suckers. Like, (laughs) Taking away the one stylist on the island. Yeah, it's mm. it's wild. And of course, as they're leaving, they they decided not to bring any guards to this <laughs> evil evil place. Um, and I, you know, the idea was they were going to bring more in the future. It wasn't just a one time thing. But of right. course, I was excited to see him. He's one of my favorite Disney villains. Our boy Hades shows up to cause a little mm. ruckus. <laughs> Hades. Oh, pops! Yeah, uh, I I forgot oh, to write down the actor's name, but he's also he he's done a lot of theater work, and he um has done some stuff with uh, American Horror Story. So he's an actor people will recognize, and he was fun too in this. I I think he sort of tried to emulate a little bit of a um that kind of Hades vibe, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, and it's cool the way they tease out his character. Um, cause you see him in like the first, it's the first scene, right. Where they're leaving and he like pries open the barrier yeah. and like has a fight with mm-hmm. Adam or Mal. 
Um, oh, Hal, throwback. Uh, yeah. Old, old uh, movie reference there. Um, but, and then you slowly throughout the course of the movie figure out, oh, that's Mao's father. You know, they have this weird um, sort of history together. She's got daddy issues. She needs his, like, ember blue yeah. stone or whatever to get mm-hmm. her powers back. Um, and then his, his character develops over the course of the film. But, um, yeah, I thought he was a good villain. But, by God, that blue hair. Um, Chris, is, is that the look you're going to go for yeah, no. after quarantine is done? I was going to bring this up in the notebook, but I'll do it now. The hair in the hair colors across this movie are incredible. And so I definitely am going to – I think my, my <laughs> idea is to pull a Doug ponytail <laughs> with a little Hades blue in it. Ooh. That's my plan. Yeah. I like it. Doug. Um, Um, Also, Hades, one of the uh, only, like, maybe villain, at least. Um, Like, the other side of a of a dad-mom duo that you see. I kept kept wondering, like, like who's hooking up with these villains? Like, yep, yep. Like, <laughs> absolutely. I was gonna bring up the notebook. We talked a lot yeah. about that later, but uh, yeah, we'll Hades. dive into that more. But <laughs> movie did briefly answer Maleficent yeah. and Hades had a fling yeah. at some point. Yes. So the Bugs Life guys. <laughs> <I'm just saying. laughs> Hopper uh, would not be a kind spouse, I don't think. So that's a little. Mm. Um, so this fight happens, and Mal is able to hold him off, but. Uh, everyone in Ardon just decides that their future queen is not good enough to protect them because somehow she's become like protector of the realm, even though there's like guards and stuff. And so they decide to close the program down, something she agrees to, um, which becomes a conflict later. So no more kids are getting out. And at the same time, we have a character return, the spurned girlfriend of, uh, Prince King Ben uh, is back, uh, baby Sleeping Beauty, and she decides to become evil all of a sudden and starts doing evil things. And I found her to be pretty annoying in this movie. Um, it just goes to the dangers of, uh, you know, spiting. Yeah. Young well, th- okay. Turn a, a Here's the thing. I, I kind of get the, the plot line that Audrey is evil because mal stole ben mm-hmm. right that makes sense but should that not have been like the second movie because she had like a whole movie off she wasn't even in the second movie yeah of like was she just like where did she go why is she i mean so I guess the actress was maybe doing something yeah but like, the production uh, i did read this that she just wasn't available for the second movie the right. actress but it just that plot line would have made more sense in the yeah. second movie is all i'm saying i, I agree. think it's a good idea like because she's spurned lover um and mal but like she's just now deciding to get revenge i get it okay filming production well and i think her her archetype i think was key to i guess the sort of overt direction that the film wanted to take in this movie um chris said it in the opening descendants three came out in 2019 um and, you know, I have to say, so I was watching the first couple of Descendants, particularly in the first one, and I was like, ooh, you could do a lot of, like, political discourse about this film. And I, like, repeatedly wrote in my notes, like, no, nah, I don't really need to do that. Like, this is a Disney Channel original movie. We're just going to, like, talk about the songs and Kenny and, just you know, just go for that. It'll be fun. But, like, you can't ignore it with the third film. 
of like the overt um, sort yeah. of political messages they were trying to send with particularly, and this is why I brought this up now, some of the dialogue once um, the ex-girlfriend like comes back down from her evil spell. Uh, what's Audrey. her name again? Audrey, yeah. Audrey, okay. So when Audrey, you know, this is near the end of the film, they have to, you know, bring her, uh, you know, out of sort of a coma after she's coming down from her evil um period you know mal had sort of beaten her and beaten the evil out of her sort of i guess but like um they they bring in her mal's dad hades to because somehow he has the power to do that and he has some quip where it's like when you guys mess up when the heroes mess up it's just a lapse in judgment but when we mess up we're evil Mm. and you keep us locked away on the island or whatever and it's just moments like that where it's like it just, I we don't need. I won't be too explicit with the parallels, but it's just like, man, Disney is like not holding any punches here on this one. Kenny, is <laughs> yeah, really no, it was. I, I that that line stood out to me too. I thought it was it was pretty interesting having that in in this type of film. And then obviously the end of the film as well. I, I won't jump the gun there, but how it ends just can't be read out of context of being in 2019, 2019 in America just lots of things that were happening geopolitically. Yeah, so um, so we have this e- evil, crazy ex-girlfriend causing a ruckus, putting people to sleep, turning them to stone, uh, making Prince King Ben uh, finally turn into uh, the Beast. Uh, but at the same time, we get Uma back with her merry band of pirates, and they end up doing a big team-up Almost like an Avengers style. You get a little Avengers vibe, Kyle, with all this. <laughs> yeah, big yeah. time. Um, they team up with our, our regular heroes, and they go to stop her. And we get a lot of fun character interactions of these former adversaries slowly becoming friends and working through things and becoming a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the begrudging respect that you know Harry Hook and Jay you like have for each other yeah at the, end. the best too was gas baby Gaston and Jay like like deciding at the end spoiler they decided at the end to go like on a journey together a gap year to like explore the world together because they're just best buds hmm. just or maybe great. yeah maybe it was a Gaston kid yeah I was thinking of you I know, can't Harry remember too it was around you know they all yeah. get along we're friendship wins out guys that's the important that's thing right here. mm-hmm mm-hmm it was my favorite bromance yeah, of the film. They were great. great. Um, I like the dog and Carlos. Yeah, here's the thing. I got it. Oh, <laughs> no, Kyle, the dog sucks. I thought you said dog. <laughs> dog sucks. <laughs> I was like, where really, Chris? Okay, um, I got him. <laughs> but this, I think the second movie had the best music, but this one had my favorite song. And I'm biased because Evie is absolutely my favorite character. But the song of her, like, will she, won't she kiss my boy Doug to finally wake him up from the sleeping spell and mm. the cutaways to like Uma and Mal, like being impatient, like hurry up. Great, great, great comedy through the choreography and everything uh, in that song. And also great uh, ponytail touching. <laughs> also, it's just, uh, yeah, our boy Doug plays a little coy at the end, too. She kisses him mm. and thinks it doesn't work, and he, he kind of pulls a little fast one on her. Yeah. Good for Doug. <laughs> Doug. You know, this one, it, it's interesting. This one, 
this stuff happens, but I feel like it's it's pretty um, plot driven. So it kind of just moves along. Um, uh-huh. Less character interaction we mentioned for stuff that people to do, but so we sort of kind of get to the end and and they all work together to beat um, evil sleep nightmare beauty. Um, and then this drives me crazy too. They just go, well, she's a good guy again now. Sorry, oops, my bad. <laughs> Even Hades was like, should we just let yeah. her die? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> man, good call. <laughs> right, exactly. One hundred percent. Yeah, and, and you know, there's some conflict where Mal lied about um, not wanting to close the borders because she got spooked with everything, and so there's kind of some. Um, uh, character drama between her and her friends and I do think they at first I was upset with the kind of apology she gave I didn't think it fit um, what she had done but um, she has a nice speech at the end of the movie about trusting each other and, and all that stuff and eventually it leads to uh, the walls coming down Carson mentioned it mm-hmm. and, um, and they all dance on a bridge and sing it's very nice what a nice wrap up to the films yeah it really was and but before we do or don't get into just you know <laughs> the end of the film and what the film is trying to accomplish and things like that but i just this this the end of this in particular feeds into my what the hell then you suck <laughs> theory uh, like to put a formal really, title on it his, he's basically i mean he's all he is is a 17 or 18 year old boy who just wants you know to have some fun with Matt. I mean, it's just like, okay, babe, you want to do that? Okay, great. Close it forever. Close the wall forever. Oh, wait, you changed your mind in front of everyone and undermined my authority? You know, yeah, Carson, great. you've no never done bring everyone just back. to try to get a girl to like you, even though you disagree with it on a fundamental ideological level? Uh, I would like to pass yeah. on that question, but also... Just to say, never on that scale. Never have I been king. You've never, you've never, you could never. You've never gone to the local jail to pick out someone to release and then allowed yourself to be drugged just to get her to love you. (laughs) No, I've never been through that, but you're right, Kyle. You're right. (laughs) I didn't say I had. I'm just saying maybe, you know, broaden your perspective a little bit and try to see the other side. Um, I just want to mention too, this is, there will be probably no descendants uh, for um, Cameron Boyce, who played Carlos uh, Creole DeVille's son, actually kind of sadly died uh, this past summer, uh, I guess, complications with seizures. Oh. Yeah. So it's kind of sad. sad. I, I would have liked to see, I, I felt like there were more stories I could have been told, but it'd just be too strange, I think, for them to move on without one of their main four guys. But um, yeah. That was one of my notes was during I watched this with my roommate and he looked was looking stuff up during the film. And he told me, he's like, oh, man, the guy who played Carlos died. And I was just too sad. I yeah. Didn't try and confirm that or not. I no, it is, unfortunately. True. And it's too bad because I, I, I do stand by. I think these were fun movies and it would have been interesting to see what they would have done in the future. And, and you know, again, they're not perfect movies. And none of the actor kid actors are perfect kids are basically in their 20s. But um you know, they're all pretty good at at least, you know, dancing and bass level singing for this type of stuff. And so, uh, yeah, it's too bad this is where it ends. But I do think it, at least it was nice it, it ended on a somewhat conclusion rather than a just you wait sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I do think, though, if I can make a pitch for Disney again, a better ending would have been they're all dancing and they've opened up the gates to this horrible, horrible prison filled with terrible people. And like right at the end of the movie, like, like, look out, the Huns are coming. And like you see this horde coming across the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Ben would have just been like, yeah, the Huns, yeah, bring them in too. Whatever. They've shown they can change. I I can't make it clearer the degree I don't care. Just like, just please, I want to get married. (laughs) Kyle. This is the yeah. last uh, lesson, life lesson from this one. Did you pick up on it? Oh, boy. Um, this is the most important, I think, of all the life lessons. The blush one was pretty important, but this one's, yeah. uh, I think, just ahead of it. <laughs> um, if if you're, like, asleep, have long hair. That's so close. Get... You're on the right path. It mm. is... Anytime you see someone sleeping, give them a quick smooch just in case they're under a spell. <laughs> yes. Okay. You I never like know. That. I like it. You never know. Uh, it's like what? <laughs> so try that out, Kyle. And you okay? Good. You won't All right. So yeah. Are, okay. <laughs> okay. No. We're not. No. I'm not going to sexually assault anyone. It's yeah. Not. All right. Okay. This is a joke, everyone. Okay. Just stick to the blush. Um, <laughs> Upward strokes. Respect one another. Kyle, I think okay. now is the time. Let's hear that uh, oh. mailbag slash notebook song you've created. This is clearly only for mailbag. Let me be extremely clear. But I'm glad I get the opportunity to do it. Okay, ready? Dizzy, dizzy, dizzy. Can't you see? Sometimes your letters just hypnotize me. Okay. That's all I had. Because Dizzy, the character, and but you know, like like that song, uh, Biggie, Biggie Small song. <laughs> that was really good, Kyle. Thank um, you. I, I'm not sure how it fits the Notebook, but <laughs> oh, come on. We have so much to work on as a podcast. The one time Kyle comes up with a theme song, it's only one episode specific, and then we don't even do that segment that episode. The foresight is incredible. We all need to just see. Wait, Carson, I actually came up with a great grinding my gears. I could intro it right now if you want. We're doing that too, right? Um. All right. Yeah. Notebook. Carson, lead us off. I feel like this is your baby. Okay, my first note is throughout the whole first film, uh, my roommate and I thought it was Oregon, <laughs> not Oregon. So we were just saying, or- why we were really confused as to why like Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella and everyone were living in Oregon. Um, but we also thought it was fun because he's from Oregon and I'm from near there. Yeah, so cool. right on. Wow. I'm in. I'm in <laughs> Oregon right now. <laughs> Let me pick me, Chris. Let me. I come. don't know. Let me come to Let me I'm not Let sure. Me. <laughs> um. All right, I have I'll, a quick I'll, one. I'll, um. Right. This is my what, people's favorite segment of, segment of mine, where I highlight my favorite character. This time it's characters, and I thought the Shmi boys, the two twins, were just great walking around. <laughs> Didn't have, maybe had like two lines. They were just mm. napping and snacking, having a good time. Literally all I would do if I was in Oregon. Like, <laughs> no care in the world. I'm like, I'm napping, I'm snacking. Like, what do you want? What do you want yeah. from me? 
I, I like it. Um, for me, uh, this comes from the first first movie. Uh, if only Sleeping Beauty had like set an alarm or had like a siren going off or any like kind of loud noise, because apparently that security guard didn't need much to wake up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like I did, okay, like I said, I didn't see Sleeping Beauty, but like did the prince like try raising his voice like a little yeah. bit to or, like shaker. Yeah. yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, to be fair, yeah, this was a time a before there were no alarm clocks back then, Kyle. It was a dark or, time. Yeah, and maybe it's like a magic siren, so like even if you've gone oh. put under a spell, I didn't take that under Also, like, that's a pretty dangerous place. Why is that on display in the middle of the guard room? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, put it under a glass case or something. It does seem like a little more protection than maybe, like, no protection at all would be, mm. would be better. Hmm. Yeah, it was. I can't believe that that guard was still there working by himself on the night shift of the most powerful magical objects in Oregon. But, yeah, uh, that was. Who's, yeah. I mean, whose son was, was he? <laughs> Mufasa. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think I don't know if you noticed, but he made an appearance in the third one as well. They obviously didn't upgrade their security measure, measures <laughs> in the third one. Uh, it was still just as easy to get in and steal something. Well, they didn't steal anything in the first. It worked. It's true. Well, no thanks to him. But <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, my next note. Um, uh, Chris already mentioned there's probably not going to be a Descendants 4, um, but there was a lot of immediate clamoring for it. Lots of things. You can go on a real YouTube uh, rabbit hole dive on this. Largely built around the fact that uh, – Lonnie, Lonnie, I think daughter no, I know. I had wrote that down. Where is Lonnie? I was gonna be a again. I looked this up. It was a scheduling conflict. She she had some other project she was working on. Yeah. Well, people were mad about it, <laughs> Kyle included, and uh, there was talk, at least initially, uh, about you know trying to make a real Lonnie focused either spinoff or Descendants four. Uh, That's probably. Well, if they were going to do it, they have to do a total spinoff, I think, at this point, Um, like side characters or something. Um, So I guess it's doable, like just spitballing. You do like a baby Gaston, Jay and Lonnie, like road trip adventure or something. Mm -hmm. I'm down. I'm in. Yeah. All right. Sign Kyle up. (laughs) Um, We talked about this a little bit in the podcast. Like, who's hooking up with these villains? The one I really, I really need to know is I know who is Uma's father because yes, Ursula. Yes, who hooked up with Ursula? Now, if it was Ursula in her human form, okay, fine, I kind of get it. But if it's Ursula in her scary octopus lady form, like. Come on, who who, who did yes. this? Yes, that's the exact note. I wrote maybe a word I'm not going to say, but you know, who's doing what with Ursula? Okay, so um, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was really that was my note. one burning question through this whole series. Not was, sure I want to know at this point. Um, I kind of do. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is anyone brave enough? I I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah. Who are, who are the parents? Um, okay. But I feel like we can do a whole podcast on that. Um, okay. My next note. I'd like to, to revisit just the, the whole kind of premise at the very beginning. So we have, we have Matt. Hello. Hello? Hello? Oh. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, okay. My just next start your note head over, is um, 
the whole premise kind of being at the, at the very beginning of the movie of the first one. So we have long live evil is kind of Mal's like tag, right? Literal tag. She'd go around and spray paint that very nicely. Yeah. She's, she's a very good graffiti artist. Um, she, so is, this is kind of a maybe far reaching question. And <laughs> I just want to pose the question out there though. Is evil being the goal, what we are supposed to think villains are in other Disney movies? Like, do they think themselves evil and they just want to be evil for evil's sake? Or don't they all have their own kind of motive and think they're doing what's just kind of, like they're self-serving. They want to be like what doing what's right for them. But like, I feel like just putting labeling themselves as evil is not something they would necessarily do. You know, it's interesting. I think uh, I almost see it as like a product of like their youthfulness. Like that's yeah. all the kids know is like, oh, my and I guess it's bad, probably so yeah. I guess thing, maybe th- like, that would be more for their parents. It, they don't see themselves as evil, but they're getting told their whole lives probably that they're evil by the Oridon, like. Right. People. It's like reclaiming yeah. the word almost. That's like making point. it their yeah. own. I like that. And that's at the end of the very end of the third one, they sort of I think they say, did they do the rotten to the core thing again, like hands in mm-hmm. or something? Yeah. So they that did. and that by that point they clearly aren't, but it's sort of like just their catchphrase. Right. Okay, cool. I like that. Okay. Question answered. Uh just <laughs> another quick note about the animation. <laughs> can't just need to return to this again i mean let's just not i mean these films were made as recently as 2019 and okay. that's what well, out there you, gotta think... you know hbo's got game of thrones and we've got uh this dragon yeah that's just like channel original but to be fair yeah they're not going to pump money into it. These movies, I don't know if you knew, were made with the $20 Kenny Ortega <laughs> had in his back pocket. So, you know, he spent a weekend photoshopping those in. Uh, it, it does It does seem interesting, gave though. Doug like, they knew they didn't have him. a lot of budget for, like, CGI. And so, like, maybe they overly relied on it to an extent that they maybe didn't need to. Because they knew it wasn't going to look, like, groundbreaking good even but like why did they use it so much i thought they didn't use it that much there was really none in the i guess the the dragon mm-hmm. in the first movie two one scene of a dragon and the octopus in the second movie and then like two dra- three dragon scenes or something in the I third it wasn't like yeah a ton, i guess but... it just yeah it obviously just sticks out just due to the quality yeah. but and this kind of leads into my final note i have uh you know, we rag on it, but the CGI dragon in this movie looked ten times better than the CGI deer in Buster <laughs> Scruggs. So can't deny that. <laughs> yeah, would have eaten that deer and then spitting it out because it was poorly animated. Um, I have, on the animation point, I I did want to say I thought the octopus was the best. That was, the tentacles and stuff was the coolest and least like, oh my god, what am I watching? Out of all the CGI, I thought. Um, i have a quick note and then maybe a more longer question note um i i'll run into so first is the very godmother overused bibbity boppity like every time she talks it's like we get it you're the fairy godmother anyway note over that was frustrating um (laughs) no i agree and then 
does so breaking the barrier at the end of the third one i don't know how deep you want to get into it i i didn't even think like wasn't thinking politically or geopolitically um i was just thinking like did it work as in is ordon and that island and everywhere else a utopia now or and here's my real philosophical question is there good without evil like is it is it possible to have a utopia well, if there's no like island island of evil it's like is ordon a happy the happiest place that there can be they sort of answer that anyway i mean the answer was that it's not like all evil was contained anyway because you have people like audrey doing evil things even though by definition she should well be she was guy. evil after so, evil, and the evil and, kids came to the island or to ordon yeah, but maybe but that the whole idea is that <laughs> the idea I think was that there were good and bad people in both places, so there was no point in having an arbitrary uh, wall up between the two. Um, they say that I disagree with the movie because if you've seen stuff like The Hunchback of Notre Dame, <laughs> there's no way Frollo isn't walking around burning people yeah. alive or yeah. scars like eating someone. Like, but, but the point was that, you know, maybe uh, happy the dwarf went berserk on someone okay, and murdered so them too. Like so it's like, you know, evil people out um, <laughs> thinking they might get a handful of good ones. Well, I agree. I think Chris has an accurate reading of the film. That's true. To, to answer your question more squarely, though, Kyle, I think, like, isn't the point, like, good doesn't exist without evil sort of thing. Like, one is measured against the other, but, like, there will, people will always have an understanding of evil or mm. something. You know, it's, like, something that had existed, like, even if it's not, like, ever present in their world. So, in mm-hmm. theory, they there could always be the original sin. still, like, the understanding of, like, what they're trying to prevent. <laughs> Eating the enchanted apple. That that's thing, right. Snow White. Yeah, I had a practical question, though, <laughs> on... Uh... It just seemed like from a like narrative level like the island was so much more evil in the first film and then by the third film like that's sort of the point is like no give everyone a chance like let the let the barrier down whatever but like what happened to like jafar and the evil witch you know um evie's mother like i get that maleficent herself like was turned into a lizard and is kept in a drawer somewhere from the first film that was how that ends but like what about the, you know, it just seems like there was yeah. a lot of potential I, I, I will say the other parents of the main kids uh, were more, like, goofy at that point. They didn't, like, read as evil. And I guess no one, like, read as truly evil. But um, but even, like, I get, you know, I think yeah. the third movie sort of tried to address that by saying, like, Hades is now the big bad. Like, he's the worst of the worst. And, and he was just kind of chill by the end, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and that that's the way that I made sense of it in my head was like mm-hmm. they were all going to be better for their kids. Like Hades wanted to like go to the wedding and see spend time with Mal and have a relationship. And you even got a little bit of it with Carlos where it was like Quell Deville, ah, I'm nervous, you know, his love interest was saying, I'm nervous to meet your mom. <laughs> see? And the the dog dog was like, I'm nervous too. It's Cruella Deville. <laughs> um, but you got 
You got a little bit. <laughs> so I get, yeah, the parents. That's all the notes they're, I got, boys. I'm, I'm out of notes. Tap down. No notes for me. Um, well, Chris, do you have any final thoughts you want to wrap us up here? There was, I know I gave you crap at the beginning about picking three movies, but it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Never, never would have watched these had you uh, not. Made it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so these. Uh, I I um, kind of said this at the beginning, but of all the podcast movies we've done, I had the most fun with these ones. Hmm. Yeah, chew on that, Kyle. Chewing. On that note, thank you all for joining us this week on Straight to VHS, the Chris and Carson show. He's Chris, he's Kyle, I'm Carson, and we'll see you again next week as we break down. Just kidding, we don't tell you. Back off, we'll tell you later. (laughs) Uh, Imagine me turning around to the camera, green eyes, and I say, what, you really didn't think this was the end of the podcast, did you?